marijuana weed, if you will. I'm so wasted. Today I've got a legal expert, two guys who can't agree if you should smoke it or not, and one of the wildest radio personalities in the business. This is why I'm not high. Why? Why? I'm not why. I'm not why. I'm not why. I'm not why. Welcome to Why I'm Not with Brant Pimbidic, the podcast that explores the latest trends, fads, beliefs, and addictions from all sides and tries to remind you, before you judge it, try to understand it. After that, you're on your own. This week, Why I'm Not, hi. And now, from AfterBuzz Studios, here's your host, Brant Pinvidic. Marijuana, once again, become a burning hot topic. And because that's really an overwhelming, unstoppable force of this perceived public acceptance of it. 28 states so far now, at least, have legalized marijuana in one form or another. And many states, like California, have just legalized it for recreational use. You can actually grow it at home in your closet and use it. Um, this was all done at the ballot box. You know, they went to the public and said, hey, you guys want to smoke weed? Want it to be legal? People checked the box, and it became a law. So now you can wander around and smoke free and clear, sort of. Um, the problem is, in 1970, the U.S. Congress placed marijuana on a Schedule One of controlled substances, and it's still on there today. They still believe that marijuana has no accepted medical use and is a dangerous, highly addictive drug. So, to be clear, marijuana possession, sale, or use is still a federal crime, right? What on earth does that even mean? But I can tell you one thing. If you look under the hype, if you look past the political campaigning for and against, you'll see that this issue is far from resolved. It is way more complicated than you think, and the truth about it has probably been rolled up and smoked a hundred times over. But today we're going to try to get down to the bottom of it. First, I brought in Royal Oaks, foremost attorney, understands the weed laws in and out, will help guide us to what it means when it's voted legal in one state, but still a crime to the federal government. I also brought in Scott Chipman. He is the co-chair of the Citizens Against Legalization of Marijuana. This guy doesn't like weed in any form for any reason. Um, and really excited, I'm also going to get Jesse Stanley, one of the Stanley brothers and the founders and creators of Charlotte's Web. You probably heard of Charlotte's Web. It's that high CBD marijuana that helped the little girl with her seizures. Basically revolutionized medical marijuana. And I take a little trip to visit Jason Ellis, extreme sports star and the number two radio show on SiriusXM. And he can guide me through his love of marijuana and why he's not on it anymore. So we're going to get to the bottom of all this. I'm Bram Pinvidic. This is Why I'm Not High. Okay, welcome to the Why I'm Not On podcast. I'm your host, Bram Pinvidic. This is the show where we explore the latest trends, fads, and general things that people get all hyped up about. And for a hot second, I try to dive in and figure out what everybody's so excited about. This week... I'm going to look at marijuana and some weed. And, like I always do, before I get all judgmental, I'm going to try to understand it. Now, I usually say, don't take the episodes of the podcast literally. But in studio today, I am actually not high. And as I look at it, I really don't qualify as a marijuana user. So technically, it kind of fits. So, what I'm going to do is get deep into it today talk about it and try to get a, a little bit of a perspective on marijuana and where it actually fits. And someone who I know 
really has some strong opinions on this. My co-host to my left, the AfterBuzz legend, Roxy Strayer. How are you, sweetie? That is certainly true about me. This is going. You to actually be, might be high in the studio. I currently am not. Okay. It would be the same for me as showing up to work drunk. It's a no-no. It's a no-no. But that Frowned does not upon, mean that I do not use. I right. certainly do, and I certainly support. So this is an episode that is near and dear to my heart. Wow. Yes. I'm excited to hear all of your wild perspectives. And also joining me in the studio today, my producer aficionado. The man who keeps all the trains rolling. Christian Blatt, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege as to whether or not I am currently high in the studio. But are you a (laughs) marijuana proponent? Uh, I have been personally in my day, but uh, (laughs) now I I don't have enough. There's not enough time in my day, but I'm all in favor of people who want to. Oh, really? Yes. So I know, Brant, that you chose this topic. There has to be a reason behind it. Can you talk to me a little bit about why we're talking about it? Okay, let's start with a little story time. Shall we do that? Okay, here we go. Story, ready? Now, actually, on story time, I've got two stories that are going to convene together to give you the background of why we're doing Why I'm Not High today. First and foremost, I have a 16-year-old son. And as a teenager, you know what teenagers do. They drink. They smoke, they have sex, they drive cars fast, they break rules, they stay out late, they do really dumb shit all the time. And I know this from excessive personal experience. So to be honest, I really have to start getting sort of focused in on this as an element that I have to deal with, with, you know, I have two more teenagers coming after him. So I got to get my shit together and figure out what my official stance is going to be with him and with all the questions he's going to ask, that's one. And two, this is kind of this is kind of interesting. Is when Christian brought up the subject and we started to book it, I realized I'm in the middle of an immigration process to become an American citizen. Yay for me! But what's interesting is is that is a federal application, and at this very moment, I'm kind of under federal investigation. You could say I have an interview planned. I had to give medical records and all this kind of stuff, and. As we talked it through, I realized, wait a second, marijuana is not, it's, it's not legal in the federal eyes of the law, which means, could that affect my immigration plan if they, if they saw me smoking weed in the studio here today? Or in my medical records, if it had shown traces of marijuana, would that affect my immigration status? Or is that a crime? I actually don't know. And I realized, I don't think most people know how many instances of federal interaction they have on a day-to-day basis. And could marijuana influence that? Who knows? Um, Roxy, tell me why you're such a fan of marijuana. Let's start there. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, first of all, I've been a user for over a decade, uh, and it has helped me in my personal life, whether it's creatively, going to bed, anxiety, all of the things that I use cannabis for, or just recreationally for fun. Second of all, my mom, who passed away a few years ago from brain cancer, was a cannabis user, and I am 100% convinced that it extended her life uh, by years, because she was 89 pounds at one point and was unable to eat, didn't want to get out of bed. And cannabis really helped her to put on weight and to stay positive. Mm. And it's something that I, I really believe has so many benefits, both medically and if you're talking recreationally, that too. In the same way that alcohol benefits recreationally. It helps you get out of your head. It helps you become more social. There's a lot of different things that cannabis can be used for. So I'm, I'm all in on it. So are you blending the two thoughts of medical and recreational? Because, I mean, 
if your mom benefited from cocaine use, let's say, would you then be say that should be legal or does it all blend together because of the connection? No, I definitely think that there are two different parts to this. But the thing that gets blurry is that when we're talking about this, people don't realize that there isn't actually medical cannabis. It's all the same cannabis. So it's all the same marijuana. It's not like this is medical cannabis and this is recreational and this is going to them. It's all the same substance. It's just how you are using it. Right. So cocaine, which has been proven to have very serious effects on your brain, on your health, on your nasal passages, on so many other things, and negatively affect you. And I haven't seen, I, I think somewhere like high heights there are helps benefits of it. Something like altitude, it can help you. But other than that, I don't think there are many benefits of it. I think it's to help you get to high altitudes. I think that's oh, oh, I was a little Big confused. Difference. Maybe that's what it is. But cannabis, I think that there are benefits. The benefits far and away surpass the the flaws and the, I really don't know of many things that make it negative. That sounds very scientific. Thank you very much. Now, sir. if there was scientific evidence that came out in a study that shows sort of showed that cannabis was more dangerous than you thought and caused more addiction than you thought and all these other bad things, would it sway you or are you sort of committed to this path of judgment? Well, first I would be excited that anybody actually was putting money into the, or the government or whoever into figuring more about cannabis because we don't know as much about cannabis as people think because there isn't that money going into it and we do need to learn and find out more about this plant. But I would be shocked and mm -hmm. it could never happen because we're talking about something that naturally is growing from the ground. It's not yes. like you are altering it the same way that you alter cocaine or a plant like that this is literally for years the flower form has been taken from the ground and then smoked yeah and listen i have a <clears throat> wild information here about the history of, of marijuana and how it came to this country and how the laws came that we'll get into but speaking of laws yes i think now that california has legalized it for recreation I have really found very few people that could actually tell me what that meant. Like, I didn't find anybody who was so sure of their position they'd go take a bag of weed and go sit beside a police officer and smoke up. So, is it legal? Is it not? What can you get in trouble for? When can the feds come in and nail you? Can they go kick your door down if you're a dispensary? What if you have five plants? What if you have 20 plants? I don't know. But I brought in someone who does. So, KNBC TV legal analyst Royal Oaks is here in the studio. He's a partnership. He's a partner at Hinshaw Culbertson. Smart guy, knows the law. Let's welcome him in here. All right, Royal Oaks, thank you for being here. I take it by the fancy suit, you're a lawyer. I am a lawyer. I'm nice. guilty to that. Nice All to right. see you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you got, you got the law thing down. You know what you're talking about. I've been trying to study it, uh, you know, this business about uh, legalization of marijuana. I mean, you got 50 different states, all sorts of different perspectives, and yet you get the federal government sort of looming over everybody. So it's, it's hard to keep track of it all, especially when it's changing so fast. As you know, here in California, everybody said, okay, recreational use of marijuana is fine. Yeah, so I really want to get to the heart of what that actually means, because like I said in my story time segment, I'm a Canadian, I'm in the middle of my immigration to be a U.S. citizen, if they knew or found out or saw me smoking weed or it was in my medical test, that's kind of against the law by their standards. 
Yeah, it's but a not real like California standards. And that's the difficulty. In California, not only have we had medical marijuana legal for many years, now, as I say, recreational use is okay. Seven states around the country say recreational use is fine. Eighteen states say medical marijuana use is fine. But the federal government says, forget about it. It's a Schedule One drug. They say marijuana is like LSD or heroin, it has absolutely no medical value, which, of course, the entire medical community basically disagrees with. But to answer your question, question. If you are found to have violated a federal law, even though you're totally cool with California law or Colorado or Washington state, yeah, they could take action against you in connection with immigration, uh, uh, TSA issues. So it's a real mess, Jeez. this tension between federal and state All law. All right, but let's put this in, in simple perspective. I'm driving down the highway. I get pulled over. The state trooper comes up to my window, and a big cloud of Jeff Spicoli, Fast Times at Ridgemont High weed comes billowing out. He smells it. Can he now search my car? Can he? What What am I up for in that moment? Just like Cheech and Chong, exactly. Theoretically, a state trooper could try to go after you thinking, well, you know, there may be a violation. As a practical matter, unless it's a federal officer, they're probably not going to bother you in a state where it is legal. However, there are some exceptions. For example, California's new rule says you got to be 21, so if you're under 21 and you got marijuana, then you're breaking the law. They also say in California, by the way, as the driver and the passenger, you can't have an open container of marijuana, whatever that means. So, yeah, if you're driving and if the smoke is billowing, you're into a Cheech and Chong situation, you could be in trouble with the authorities. But, you know, it all depends. Up at uh, BART in San Francisco, they're pretty cool with it. They don't really care. Uh, Amtrak is not so cool with it. You're breaking the law. Uh, if you're in an airport, the TSA people generally will let you just throw it away like you're throwing away a, a quart of lemonade. Whoa, hold on a second. I never even thought of that. You're telling me if I go to check into a flight and out of my jacket I have three or four joints fall out, the TSI guy, TSA guys would literally just be like, toss that out with your bottle of water that Most you're not allowed to have are, on the plane? Most of them are pretty cool about it, yeah. If they catch you before you bring it on the plane, my parents were actually pulled off of a plane because they had it in their checked luggage and... Uh, TSA went through it, and they came onto the plane while I was on the runway with my little sister, too, and pulled all three of them off oh, of a plane. my wow. God. That is crazy. Yes. But, so if I was walking down the street with a joint getting high, and the police were just, I could just walk right by them, and the theory is that the sheriff or whoever's there won't bug me about it? That's right. Depending on where Holy. you are. If you're in a state where, for example, medical marijuana is okay, and you happen to have your card, so you're legal you're fine. If you're in a state where it's recreational and it's okay, then they're not going to bother you. They might hassle you because, for example, you may only have 28.5 grams of it. You may only have six plants. So there are restrictions. And as I say, you have to be over 21. The problem is nobody knows when you're going to run into an uncool officer. And now, with the Trump administration, you've got Attorney General Jeff Sessions saying, I think marijuana is really dangerous and causes violence. You've got Sean Spicer, the press secretary for the president, saying, I think we're going to be enforcing the uh, laws against recreational marijuana at the federal level pretty strongly, and we're going to revive this. You know, in the Obama era, basically, they didn't say we're not going to do anything, but it really took a backseat. In general, the federal government was willing to look the other way if you're in a state where marijuana use is legal. And is, are there states right now where marijuana use is not legal 
medically or recreationally at all? Yeah, only 18 states say medical marijuana is okay, and therefore you've got a whole bunch of them, the majority of states saying it is not legal, and only seven states have approved it for, uh, for recreational use. But, you know, the trend is so strong, 70% of Americans, according to public opinion polls, say that if a state says it's legal to have marijuana, the feds should just keep their hands right. off. What about purchasing? So what is the legality there? So I have my medical license in California. Right. Grant does not. However, he is legal here because recreationally it's legal. If I go to the store and purchase, am I allowed to give it to him? No, you may not give a, a medical marijuana to somebody who is not entitled to it under the law. Even in California, right. where it's recreational. And yeah. it's all the same Oh, no, actual... no, in California, to the extent it's recreational, yeah, that's a different deal. Then you may share it. However, yeah. there are limits there as well. As I say, you can't have more than six plants. You can't have a, more than a certain number of grams, 28.5 grams in your possession. So there are limitations. But again... The authorities in California are pretty relaxed about this situation. They know which way the wind is blowing, and so you're not going to see a whole lot of, of arrests. Nationally, you know, it's a different story. 1.7 million people every year get involved with the criminal justice system because of drugs, and of those, 700,000 of those people are involved just because of marijuana. So there are huge costs to continuing to criminalize this. Okay, let me give you another good scenario, because part of my immigration thing, I'd have to go down to the border all the time and refile and blah, blah, blah. And there's a few places within 100 miles, which is not that close to the border, that they have immigration checkpoints with immigration officers there looking at your car, searching your car. Right. If, you had a if you had a marijuana plant in there in California and a joint in there, now you've come across federal officers, does that mean they could arrest you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God. It's still illegal at the federal level. And, uh, you know, they've got stiff penalties depending on how many ounces you have, depending on how many plants you have. It can be a felony. You can go to jail for decades at, at the federal level. Uh, and, and as a result, you never know when you're going to run into somebody who's federal. I mean, the, the weirdest oh. thing is Washington, D.C. has legalized the use of marijuana, okay? As, yeah. Now, that happens to be where the federal government government hangs out, but only 18 square miles of Washington, D.C. is federal land. So if you're walking around D.C. smoking a doobie, you're okay unless you happen to walk a few blocks into federal land, in which case, blammo, you're gonna, you can go to the federal pen. But you bring up a really good point, is that you never know when you're going to run into the federal government. Because I, I have friends who had the FBI come to their offices, right? Look completely unrelated to weed, but in theory, he could have had weed at the office and never had think, thought about it until today when the FBI shows up looking for some sort of cybercrime thing that they're investigating, and boom. And we've been living with this inherent tension between federal and state authority for several years, but we've been relaxed about it because the Obama administration has sent the message, you know, we're not going to really push it. With the Trump administration in now, it is a totally different picture, and we hear from their top officials, we're going to be taking a fresh look as to whether to enforce these federal marijuana laws. <laughs> Wow. So another scenario, because this is blowing my mind. We can mind. play this all day. I am legal to use cannabis in California. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm legal to use it there because right. they just passed it this past November. Am I legal to send myself cannabis from here to there if I'm going home? Now, you can't you, mail it? Yeah. Then now you're into the whole federal involvement. The U.S. mails is federally. You cannot feel safe in terms of transform, transporting marijuana. Uh, basically, if you're inside a state where it's legal or you've got your medical card or whatever, you're okay. Other than that, you better check with your lawyer before you start doing anything fancy. Is that you? 
Are yeah, you taking me on? There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got an attorney client privilege going ahead. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, I really appreciate Royal coming in. That actually put a lot in perspective. I have a much better idea of <laughs> what's going on out there. And uh, I think it's been great. Thank you so much for Happy coming. Happy to in. do it. Well, there you go. Now we have a good sense of the legalities of it. Do we? I mean, it's basically still a risk. It's a small risk in California, but it is a small... It's a risk. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, it's very... <laughs> I can't believe it. But the federal government still classifies it as the same as heroin. Is wild. Uh, can we just stop putting it in the same conversation? It's ridiculous. Anybody with any common sense. You could talk to a five-year-old and they should know that. That cannabis is different than heroin. You know, here's the thing. Is it scientifically different? It's tough to say because in theory, alcohol and heroin and cocaine and marijuana are probably scientifically very similar. What do you they're mean scientifically? Sci well, they're, they're they designed to do one thing. They're designed to alter your state of being. They're designed to give you euphoria. They're designed to sort of lighten up certain inhibitions you have. They, they sort of work the same on the body. They do it differently, of course, but it's more cultural than scientific that has led us down the path of why marijuana is where it is in that drug category and why alcohol is where it is in that drug category. Alcohol is so accepted, it's crazy. When you look at the stats, and anybody can look at the stats and know how much drink dri drunk driving and alcoholism and how much it costs us in health care and how many people die and get addicted to it, it's just, it's crazy. The theory should be that that's the one you'd want to have on the same level as cocaine or any other hard drug. That's where we are culturally. Right. And just mentioning that, addictive properties, cannabis does not have them, which is another thing. Ah, that come people on. It does, it does not. It does not have an addictive property inside of it. Unlike alcohol, where Dude. if you if you drink enough and you do not use, then afterwards you get the shakes, you get sick, all of those things because you need it in your system. A lot of drugs have that, heroin being one of the biggest of them. Right. Cannabis doesn't have that. Uh, but listen, Doritos are addictive. So at the end of the day, people who get on marijuana, they like marijuana enough that they want to keep doing it. And I have no problem saying that it probably is addictive. Well, that's, that's the fine. wrong word. It's the wrong word because it's not, it doesn't have actual chemical It doesn't have addiction. the withdrawal issues that you're talking about. Right. Roxy, I will say, you're, you're very polarized on this subject, right? I can't even pretend not to you be. You can't even, and that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm much more agnostic about it. I, I accept the fact that, that, that I don't believe weed is perfectly safe. you got to smoke the thing. I'm sure it's bad for your lungs. And there's lots of doctors who would tell you that there are, there are negative elements to it and that it is a drug and it is psychotropic. And, it, and I believe it messes up your brain, and that's what it does. But I'm very, very sort of pro letting people do whatever the hell they want. So I'm, I lean towards everybody doing whatever they want anyways and I'm okay if it's bad and I think alcohol is bad too and so you know the reason I'm not you know deep into the weed culture is not from a personal moral perspective is because it puts me to sleep right away and I sort of lost the interest of doing that all the time so but there is another side to the coin uh, there's another side that says hey the research that uh, that's out there says this is really bad and actually it probably is similar to cocaine and how bad it is whether that research is true or the interpretation of it is a little off, but there are a lot of people that are like that. And so what I want to do is bring in our next guest. On the line, Scott Chipman. He's the Southern California Chair of the Citizens Against Legalized Marijuana. It's a all-volunteer political action committee dedicated to defeating any effort to legalize marijuana. Thank you, Scott, for joining me. 
Well, thanks for having me. So, but I want to understand, is it a personal thing you have against marijuana in general, or is it just it's in your community you're against it? Well, I uh, am an advocate for a, a healthy and safe community, a healthy and safe society. Uh, there's nothing personal about this uh, for me. I don't have um, addiction, per se, in my family any more than anyone else might have it. Um, I have not personally been impacted. I'm not a recovering uh, addict of any like that, but I work with people who are. Um, I work with many parents who've had lost children. I work with people who have been addicted to marijuana and other drugs. Um, during this uh, journey, I have met uh, some incredibly um, incredible people, uh, incredibly hardworking and concerned people, some people whose families have suffered and individual members of their families have suffered greatly as a result of marijuana or um, also moving on to other drugs. Sorry, Scott, when you say lost children, do you mean lost children to cannabis? I'm saying children who have died, either committed suicide, been killed uh, as a result of drug driving, um, or have been with other children, young people, using marijuana, where they've had drug driving crashes, uh, parents whose uh, children have had psychotic breaks, uh, you, many, many different reasons for losing children who've just gotten on marijuana and disappeared. And is that, do you feel, do you take the same, same stance against alcohol or is it only marijuana? Do you see a distinction between the two? I definitely or... see a distinction between the two. Um, you know, there's a lot of harm in uh, with alcohol use, of course. We've binge drinking alone is estimated to cost our society, you know, U.S., about $135 billion a year. We bring in less than 10% of that in, in taxes on alcohol. But there are a lot of people who are messaging on alcohol. Uh, we are not doing the same kind of messaging on marijuana in particular. As a matter of fact, I'd say on, on balance, there's more positive messaging about marijuana use than there is uh, negative uh, uh, messaging. And it's a very serious drug. And it's not the same drug that uh, was running around in my high school in Sacramento in the 1960s. Uh, it, back then in the 60s and early 70s, we had one to 2% THC content. Now we have botanical marijuana, smoked marijuana running between 15 and 30%. We have hash oil products and edibles that can be upwards of 80, 90% THC. This is a very serious drug. And if you had your sort of um, run of the mill, if you could control what the government was going to impose, what sort of laws would you make? Would you make all marijuana illegal, uh, medical uh, recreational in all forms, what would you do differently than our current government system? Well, you're kind of alluding to the idea that there's medical marijuana, and uh, I'd say 99.999% of references to so-called medical marijuana are false references. Uh, we, most people don't know, we already have a couple of uh, drugs that are um, FDA-approved and they are based on uh, cannabis. We've got Sativex, and we've got Marinol, Dronabinol. Uh, those have been used more or less effectively at some point in time in the past. 
they were approved, they went through the, the process that would actually identify scientifically why it can be classified as a, as a medicine. And when you get a prescription for one of the FDA-approved drugs, you get a potency, a, a, a dosage, a frequency of use, and you go back and uh, renew your prescription. You don't just take your prescription from uh, pharmacy to pharmacy and get as much marijuana as you want in any potency you want for as long as you want. I have three marijuana cards my, myself, three marijuana recommendation cards. I have never seen a doctor. I've answered an ad in the back of a free newspaper. I went into a small office of maybe 150, 200 square feet, and there was a person sitting at a desk with a computer and a printer, and they said, what's your issue? And I said pain, and they wrote chronic pain and printed out the recommendations with the doctor's signature already on them. This is not medicine. This is not practicing medicine. This is the snake oil of the 21st century. So would you classify marijuana and your group classifies it as the same schedule one drug as heroin or cocaine uh, use? And you would you would want it sort of banned and enforced at the same level across the oh, board, yeah. across well, the United States? So the real question when you said, well, would you make all marijuana illegal? Well, yes. <laughs> By the way, all marijuana that's not FDA approved marijuana is illegal. But in California, they just legalized marijuana for recreational use. What sort of blow is that to your organization? Well, we've, uh, we helped defeat Prop 19 back in 2010. Uh, we knew this was coming. Uh, it's a blow to not our organization. You know, we're not self-serving. None of us are being paid. We're all volunteers. It's a blow to society. It's a blow to our young people. It's a blow uh, to have this normalized in our society and having our kids see adults saying, well, uh, we're okay with marijuana use. And, uh, you know, I haven't even heard, uh, I, I've heard virtually no messaging that children shouldn't use, that teenagers shouldn't use. Of course, if you ask people who are promoters of legalization say, oh yeah, yeah, we don't want any, uh, we don't want anyone under 21 to use. Well, the brain's not fully developed until 25. So if you're using marijuana before age 25, you are um, increasing your risk of a lot of um, negative impacts that come as a result of ingesting or using a psychotropic uh, drug that has dramatic impacts on the brain. And so, you know, if, if we were to reschedule um, when someone should use a drug that impacts the brain. It should be after age 25. That's the only safe, but that's fairly new information. Well, Roxy, final question? Well, based on that, though, so would you be okay then with adults using cannabis if you're allowed to after 25, if your brain is fully developed? What is the problem with adults using cannabis? And furthermore, adults who actually like you're talking about somebody who is a cancer patient or somebody who does have relief from it is that okay where is the line for you well let, i think that really comes down to the enforcement issue uh we are not okay with legalizing marijuana uh, under any circumstance right now unless it's an fda approved drug so let's just say should if the question is should marijuana be legalized absolutely not not for adult use or uh youth use because uh, it goes to the whole idea, should we just legalize all drugs? If you're not in favor of legalizing 
or if you are in favor of legalizing marijuana, let's state it that way. If you're in favor of legalizing marijuana, then you should be in favor of legalizing all drugs and take a libertarian point of view. But when I tell, when I talk to libertarians uh, about this issue, I mention uh, that this is, you know, we're not living uh, in as an individual out in the middle of the wilderness. We live in a society, and it's not good for our society um, to have this drug uh, legalized. And so. This is a circumstance I would say legalizing marijuana would be okay, and you would be okay, and we would be okay for that person to use. First, take away their kids, then take away their driver's license, and then make sure everyone they know and everyone they work with knows they're a user, because that's the kind of impact that we have as a result of using marijuana or any other drug, for example, in our society. Now, you'll compare it to alcohol. Everybody likes to say, well, why are you so opposed to marijuana, but you're not opposed to, uh, to alcohol? Yeah. Well, first, yeah. Well, 65% of our population use alcohol. Less than 10% of them binge drink and, uh, and, or use just to get drunk. And, uh, but virtually everyone that's using marijuana is using to get high. So, and, and the, there's no justification to say, well, mar Alcohol is bad, so let's just add marijuana to the mix. There's no justification for that. And by the way, if you use marijuana and alcohol together, your impairment is four to eight times worse than it would be if you were just doing alcohol. Do you agree with the fact that nobody has ever overdosed on cannabis? Well, I agree with the fact that it's very, very rare, but there have been multiple instances where people have died, and they say, um, you know, the cause was uh marijuana poisoning or THC poisoning that's very very rare under of, of course it's very rare but those people but there's not to say that people never die or that people don't go on to other drugs or that people don't uh, do other things like uh, leave their three-year-old in the pool because they can't get off the couch to get their baby out of the pool do you agree uh, that more people have passed away from either a heroin overdose or alcohol even yeah and a, and a lot of people actually move from marijuana to uh, other drugs. And as a matter of fact, the most recent Surgeon General report at Facing Addiction in America, just published last November, uh, mentioned marijuana 189 times, more than uh, cocaine and uh, heroin combined. So, you know, if you want to argue for legalization of marijuana, then argue for legalization of heroin and cocaine and uh, all the other drugs at the same time. Not sure we'll be doing that on this show. <laughs> not my, not my plan. Not, not your plan, Roxy? No, it wasn't what I was wow. thinking. Well, that certainly gave me a lot to think about. Um, Scott, I really appreciate you uh, doing the show and coming and talking with us today. It gave us a lot to sort of think about and really appreciate it. We encourage people to go to our website, go to our blog, calmusa uh, or calmca.org, Citizens Against Legalizing Marijuana. There's a huge amount of information that we're not covering today, including the crime, the edibles, the money, the big marijuana, the fetal risks, the physical impacts on the heart, immune system. Uh, the, of course, we touched on drug driving uh, and, and the brain. But this is not, you know, the real story here is that people are not getting informed like they should be. Well, lots to talk about. Thanks, Scott. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Roxy, your thoughts? Not a single thing he said was based in fact. 
Not actually, a single thing he said was based in fact? Yes, actually, he told a couple of lies. Some like, falsehoods? Some hashtag fake news. Hashtag fake news. Okay, go ahead. No, and, and that's a rude thing for me to say. He Maybe he's a perfectly fine guy, but anybody who takes qualms with people who are medically using cannabis, I have a big problem with. If you believe in medical cannabis, if you believe people should be using medically, then at least we have some common ground, and then recreationally we can have the conversation. But if you don't even believe that people who have cancer should be using cannabis in order to feel better, or for Alzheimer's research, or for any of the many things that it's useful for, then I can't even have a conversation with you. Here's the thing. You know what I think? In all that gets lost, the, the point that he makes that actually is reasonable, that gets lost in all this sort of the rhetoric of it is that people aren't looking at the research enough. And that I would probably agree with because... Including him. I, I, I believe including him. Or he's looking at the research and then taking his own sort of morality and, and laying it on top of that, which I understand. But I do think that the, the one thing that, that actually made sense to me was there is more sort of advocation for medical marijuana and marijuana in a positive sense than there is even in the negative sense. And that is interesting because I think that's part of the sort of political campaign to make it uh, more acceptable and public acceptance of it has driven these new laws and that's a really interesting sort of world we live in in that sense i will give you that the fact that everybody knows <clears throat> drink responsibly everybody knows that every yeah. ad at the end of whatever you're advertising in terms of the alcohol world drink responsibly is played that's what everybody always says so what that implies is okay don't underage drink don't drink and drive don't drink and do stupid things that are illegal whatnot cannabis hasn't found there that yet uh, and I think that we could if actually we were given the chance to be legalized. I love that I'm saying we. But <laughs> why would they be right now focusing on how to responsibly use when first the issue is letting people use? And then you can talk about, okay, by the way, it's not like a 12-year-old can walk into any of these dispensaries that are medical. That's not the way that it works. So. Right. It's very frustrating. That was his one point that I will give him that we are not doing that right now. But I don't think we're at that place. All right. So, Roxy, I know our next guest is someone that you're going to really side with. So I'm excited to have him on the line here so you can get some good vibes after our left last guest left you with a little of the bad vibes. Yes, please. I know. So um, <laughs> on the line right now, Jess, Jesse Stanley from uh, CWH Hemp. Now, what's interesting about the Stanley brothers is they basically brought medical marijuana to prominence and in the general public, when they came up with this high CBD, low THC marijuana treatment called Charlotte's Web, everybody was talking about it. And it changed the sort of the talking points that went around medical marijuana. It wasn't just to get people high. It had real medicinal uh, properties. On the line right now, Jesse Stanley, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Glad to be here. Excellent. So my first question, Jesse, is when you guys started in this medical marijuana field, were you doing it to get into the medical side or was it, hey, let's grow some weed and this you stumbled on it? Uh, you know, it was mostly for the, the medical side. I Obviously, uh, there was some financial things to it, but it took a lot of research for some of the brothers to fully understand that you know, marijuana had medicinal properties. Before then, I, I'd never even thought of medical marijuana as being an option. Interesting. So, I know you guys had tremendous success with your Charlotte's Web, but it wasn't widely accepted right away. Were you expecting to have a sort of a broader, um, you know, a better acceptance culturally? 
Um, you know, no, not really, because when we first started, if you understand the story of, of Charlotte's Web and, and how that came around, uh, you know, our first patient that took that was a five-year-old girl. And when my brother mentioned it to me, I was like, uh, you want to give what now to who? Who's how old? Right. And the joke amongst us was none of us look good in orange. <laughs> and so... Has it has that sort of leveled out now that the acceptance of the, you know the Charlotte's Web and this low THC medicinal stuff has that become more accepted now? Is that easier for you guys? I think you're starting to see more acceptance, specifically as you look at some of the legislation around the the states and medical marijuana bills being introduced. Even if they don't pass, they're introduced, um, and a lot of that I would say has to do with the success of Charlotte's Web. Uh, but we still run into the naysayers and, and people that uh, think it's, you know, anecdotal evidence and uh, the whole no research has been done on it thing so they don't trust it. And so, you know, when you're looking at it, uh, why has medical marijuana not all gone low THC? Like, why is it still pushed as a drug that gets you high, but that gives you some medicinal purposes and you're sort of version is the outlier well i mean I, you, you have to understand that just because it gets you something gets you high doesn't mean it's not medicine i, I actually believe that the other molecule thc tetrahydrocannabinol um is is also medicinal um it, but that's just misconception it's it's bad bad information for the people out there to think that just because something gets you high, it doesn't work. I mean, last time I checked, uh, Valium will get you high. Uh, you know, a lot of pain medicine will get you high if you take too much of it. So it's just mis misinformation, I think, of for people that just don't know. And so if you – do you have kids? I do not, no. If you had kids, would you let them smoke marijuana to get high recreationally? Um. At a certain age, I mean, for me personally, as a personal, you know, person, once they turn 18, they can do whatever they want. I'm not going to let, you know, say you can and can't do something. But in general, I think that uh, some research has been done. I don't think that developing brains should be taking uh, smoking uh, marijuana, nor do I think they should be drinking heavily. Um but as far as CBD goes, yeah, I would definitely let them take CBD. Um, so the question I have is, is if you could sort of write the laws doing what you do, because even the drugs you meds, the Valium and the morphine and all those are highly regulated, legal, but prescribed and controlled. Is that the way you'd see marijuana if you, had the, if you could write the laws or would you have it be much more free and loose like alcohol? Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. Well... You know, not to jump on a soapbox, but I would have it be regulated more like alcohol. Um, and that's m mostly because no one, to our, to our knowledge and in written record, has died in the history of mankind from an overdose of, of cannabis. Now, that's not to say people haven't been in accidents and died or, you know, stepped off a cliff or that stuff. But uh, as far as the the LD50 rating, that's the lethal dose of cannabis, it's somewhere between 1 in 20,000 and 1 in 40,000. I believe aspirin is between 1 in 20 and 1 in 40. 
Right. So I generally recognize marijuana as safe. Uh, it does need to be regulated. There's no doubt about that. And um, I think, it, like any industry, regulation is necessary to ensure quality. And without that, people are, you know, growing this in their basement and selling it to their next door neighbors. How does the battle to legalize recreational marijuana affect you? Because it, it could go one of two ways. Either it's positively affecting you because if you legalize marijuana, then it will be medically legalized, or it muddies the water a little bit for you, I would think. Um, you know, for us, I, I look at everything as sort of moving in a positive direction. So um, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana are really the same thing. Uh, you know, living in Colorado, the products aren't different. They're just, they're, they're regulated differently. So you don't go in to buy a strain of marijuana on the medical side and then buy the same strain on the recreational side and it's different. That's just not the case. The regulations are different. Um, I would like to say that I think with recreational marijuana being uh, sort of more approved and the voters and the consensus of America starting to lean towards the decriminalization, uh, I think that that opens the door for research to be done because you got to understand all the all the things that we read about i mean this is a schedule 1 drug if something's schedule 1 no research can be done so none of the stuff that we really read is based in science but is that for both sides the positive and the negative effects it's yeah, not absolutely. based in science. Yeah, sure, so it's but all how can you say something for like you know for years and years and years there's only been negative effects uh, well, how do they know that if there's been no research done on it? Interesting. Does it make you nervous ever that you might be on the wrong side of something if there hasn't been enough research done to completely back you up, or are you confident in where you stand? I'm confident in where I stand because I know anecdotally, even though I say that, what I've seen, what I've seen in seizures stopping, what I've seen in people that were going to die from cancer that are now in remission, what I've seen with my own two eyes the 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 amount of people that have been helped by by marijuana not just our hemp product but thc i i just know there's more to it than what we've been told our whole lives i love this guy <laughs> well listen our last guest brought up something very interesting is that when they when they coined the term medical marijuana, they sort of you went and got a prescription. But the truth is, anybody could go get a prescription. You you know you didn't even have to have any symptoms. They would just hand it over to you. Um, yeah. Are you for you know leaving it in that sort of space, or do you feel it should be treated like a, an actual medicine and have you know a real set of guidelines? Well, you know that's a tricky that's tricky as well. You're right, 100%. I mean, when medical marijuana first came around in Colorado alone, there was an epidemic of back pain that just went through the the, the state, and everybody needed medical marijuana immediately. Uh, it was either that or a, a, a toe stub. Uh, so it is easy to get one, get a medical marijuana card. And in, in California, I think it's even easier. Um, but I'm real careful as to taking this the full medical, and by that I mean uh, in the pharmaceutical uh, division, um, because while I want those studies to be done, and I think that there's an avenue for that, I'm not sure they handle these things appropriately. Uh, I'm, I'm a big naysayer in the pharmaceutical industry just because of what I've seen over the past five years. And 
and I think they would treat this more as a money grab than than really trying to help people. And how could that really negatively affect cannabis or, or marijuana use? Uh, it could affect cannabis because if you look at the drugs that are out there that that are available to us, they're all single single uh, compound drugs for the most part. Very few of them are botanical drugs, and and what I mean by that is they isolate molecules in plants to create a drug. Uh, marijuana has over a, a hundred molecules in it, and really what we do know is that the, the whole plant works. So we don't need to isolate things. If you want to do that for research purposes for a specific disease state, that's totally fine. But marijuana as we know it, under the pharmaceutical guidelines, unless they went botanical drug extract, it would be uh, it would change the way people uh, currently use it. And if that doesn't make sense, I could kind of go into that a little more. But I, I get it. I, so as the brothers go in your world, has the legalization in Colorado helped your business, hurt your oh, business? Sig significantly helped us. Oh. I mean, just so you know, I mean, uh, Colorado in 2012 passed recreational marijuana. Until then... Charlotte's Web, as, as people know it, the plant, um, was grown under a medical marijuana uh, sort of regulation, which meant that we had to have patients. That means that we could grow six plants for every patient. Well, you can't really help a lot of people whenever you're limited by your plant count. Uh, the one thing that recreational marijuana did is it made hemp also legal to grow in Colorado. So we went from growing about 2,500 plants to growing 100,000 plants. Oh, so it's been kind of and a booming business then. It's been booming. We ship to all 50 states now, I believe 25 countries, um, adding more as it kind of goes along. Hemp, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, people talk about hemp and marijuana and the differences. I mean, they're both cannabis strain, cannabis sativa. Um, it's just... You know, one is high in THC, the other one's at a certain level of THC, and one, both of them were illegal for a long time, which is really strange if you really want to think about it. And are you a recreational user as well? You know, it's interesting. <laughs> My brothers and I, 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 none of us really use cannabis. Um, we use CBD, so we do use cannabis. None of us use marijuana. I, I might smoke or take an edible whenever I go see my morning jacket or something like that to enjoy the, that the same way I would, you know, have a beer at a uh, baseball game or something. Got it. All right. Well, Jesse, I really appreciate you uh, getting online with us, clearing some of that stuff up. That helps a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And best of luck to all of your weed growing and all those plants. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, big guy. So you love him, don't you? Yeah, I do, because that is reasonable. Like, the things that he said, and even acknowledging that he doesn't know everything, and how you solve not knowing everything is by researching, and how you research is with money, makes so much more logical sense to me than, we don't know everything, so shut it down. Uh, but I will say, and I think you were a little bit on this side too, was it's like, it's perfectly safe, it's wonderful, it's the greatest thing ever. And he sort of pointed out that it's like, yeah, there's really been no testing on either side in any real capacity that could help, you know, definitively make this safe, not safe, all the details. And so I feel there's a little hysteria on both sides 
saying it's safe or it's not safe. But in addition to that, he's saying he has seen with his own two eyes the benefits as opposed to other people that we may speak to or have spoken yeah. to who say other things about children getting lost in fields and never Listen. coming back. Uh, again, but anecdotal evidence and that kind of stuff is a little dangerous because you can take various instances and then generalize what it is. I, I think there's been enough study of him, the Stanley brothers, and Charlotte's Web enough in that anecdotal way to say, holy crap, like nothing else would have worked for these patients that they've gone through. So there's some obviously really promising elements there. Yes, I am all for the fact that we don't know what we don't know. So we have to keep learning. How are we going to do that if you cut our funding? We have to keep learning. We need to keep growing, literally. Well, listen, he's growing a ton, so yeah, that makes him. that makes a lot of sense. He's um, the homie. Listen, what I want to do is pivot a little bit. So now I feel like I've got the idea of is it legal, how it works, it, you know, medical versus banning it altogether. I got all that stuff. But as I look at my son now, 16 years old, he's going to parties all the time. He's got lots of friends. We know lots of his friends get in trouble doing a lot of things. It's hard keeping a 16-year-old away from this world. From my perspective, I'm interested to hear what you guys think on what do I tell him if he asks me about smoking weed at a party or did you smoke weed, Dad, or all those kind of things. Well, I am the person in the room who doesn't have children, so I can give you my advice as a human being but not as a parent. Do yes. you want it? Sure. You're here. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I think that when you lay the law down about something... A, it makes it more appealing, and B, it you know, when you're young and you can't talk to your parents about it, then they're not going to approach you. They're not going to tell you if they are if they're not. If they know they're not allowed to, if they start using, they just won't tell you. So I think it's always better to have more of an open-door policy where it's not like you're saying, hey, I'm 100% in support of you being 16 and smoking pot all the time, but you're not saying, if I find out and I catch you, you're grounded. Right, so more of the hippie approach. I get it. Christian, what do you think? You well, got, you I, got a little one. I have a little one. He's only 19 months old, so I have at least a couple years before this is going to be an issue. What I like to think is that I could be as cool a parent as Frank Zappa, who he right. told his kids, you can do any drugs you want as long as you do them here in the house, so that he could kind of keep an eye on them. That's insane. That is insane. I would like insane. to be that cool. but and, No, that's insane. But I mean, what I'll take from that is a kernel of... Look, you're going to do it. I can tell you not to. You're going to do it anyway. Try to be smart about it. Like, understand, you know, how much you should probably have, how much you shouldn't have, you know. I, you know what? I just, I don't know that I buy into that. Because, you know, my wife and I, we're not big drinkers. We don't really use recreationally. So we're sort of just me sort of mellow in that sense. We don't have a lot of that of don't do as I do, do as I say. We're not, we don't have a lot of that. So it's not like it's he's exposed to it where... We're sort of saying, don't be doing that. So, but my concern is, is if you open the door to the acceptance, you open the door to the acceptance. And the truth is, as I look at it, it's like, I don't know that I separate weed from other substances that you basically use to get high. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Heroin but and marijuana. Son, no, big difference in those. Okay. I totally get it. So some of them you separate. Yes, but at the end of the day, the, the, the recreational recreational use of anything to sort of get high and get, have a good time, I'd love if my son didn't do those things, particularly when he's young. So we've sort of gone with the uh, the zero acceptance approach. When, he, when my sons asked me about drinking, we always said we did not drink when we were younger, underage. Now, for us, it was great because the drinking age in, in Canada was 19. 
So it was an easier story to say we didn't drink until we were 19 because that's just around the corner and that seemed normal. 21 is really old to try to pretend like you don't drink. So I got lucky there. And with marijuana, it's been easier to go with the, nope, we don't do that kind of stuff and sort of build it as it's, it's not good because if I had to choose, I'd kind of be like, I don't want the kids smoking weed at the end of the day. But if you had to choose and they are smoking weed, would you want to know? I mean, yeah, of course. And I think he would, he, you know, we've had lots of conversations. But an interesting story. So my, I had an opportunity this week to sit with Jason Ellis. He's a wild extreme sports guy, skateboarder. He's the, got the number two podcast, or uh, he's got the number two radio show on Sirius XM. Wild fun guy. Went down to a studio and got to sit with him. And the reason why I want to do that is when I first moved to this country, one of my first experiences here with weed was with Jason Ellis. He stayed at my house after we shot a show. I shot a show with him for Spike TV. And he said, hey, can, you know, you guys want to smoke some weed? And my wife and I were like, yeah, why not? And so he brought in this contraption with the bubbling water. I mean, it was a full-on super session. And it was, it was, I barely remember any of it. It was amazing in a weird sort of way. So I've always known him as the number one consumer of weed there is. He loves it more than anything in the world. And we're working on a show again together, and I happened to bring it up that I was doing this podcast, and he's off weed completely. So I was fascinated to find out how someone who loves it so much went to, I don't use it at all anymore. Why I'm not high. Exactly right. So I sat with Jason Ellis. Let's have a look. Jason Ellis, thank you so much for having me in your studio. It's great for me to have you. I know. It's an honor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I need some advice, and I wanted to come straight to the source. Mm. So I'm doing a little episode on weed, mm. and they've made medical marijuana now legal mm -hmm. in California. Yeah. And when I first moved to this country, as you remember when we were doing the Wide World of Spike, mm. and you stayed over at my house. I did. And you got my wife and I super high. I would do that from time to time. And it was fantastic and wild and crazy. Mm. And I remember one of the things about you as being one of the biggest fans of recreational marijuana I had ever met. Yeah. And now I understand that you are now completely off the weed. Yeah. And so I wanted to get your story on how that works and, and why that is. Well, uh, I, you know, I have a lot of reasons. Um, I am at an age where, uh, and I'm in a position where a lot of stuff is going well for me and uh i have a lot of opportunities more opportunities i wasn't supposed to have an opp opportunity one yeah. now i have a hundred and i have two children and in this game of life you can just you can be hot shit and then you can just lose it all by dropping the ball a little bit and i found that um i'm i'm an overachiever at heart and with marijuana, I can achieve, but not overly. And I won't be content unless I'm really doing everything in my power to be the best at everything that I want to be the best at, which is a lot of stuff. Hold on. I just want to be clear about this. You're saying marijuana then sort of inhibits your ability to be the best Jason Ellis there is. Yeah. And why is that? Because I hear a lot of stuff about how marijuana is safe and easy. It's no problem. No one ever dies for it. Everything's great. It's the one most wonderful thing. Yeah, you don't die from it. it. It's fantastic. Everybody should be on it. It's I mean, fine. You're running. You're running from stuff. 
that's the that's the bottom line. You're running from it. You are you've got things that you don't want to face. You've got things that are stressing you out, so you smoke and weed. Uh, you think you're more creative? You are more creative when you smoke weed, but it's like it's squeezing it out. You know what else I am? Uh, I, when I'm drunk, I can be more out there. But then afterwards, more social. I shut off. It's not who you really are. I feel like, especially when you do it when you're young, you never really realize your full potential because you've been high this whole time. And the only reason, the only time you think you're good is when you're high. Oh, I'm running low on weed. I need more weed to get my creative juices flowing. Kind of like a guitarist with heroin. It's not okay. actually true. It's you can you're better when you're just you. You just have to put in the work and you have to break through the barriers of insecurity, nerves, or whatever it is. Once you get through it, there really there really is no better you than you. There's no weed doesn't make you a more creative person. To me, it would make make me more creative for the first couple of minutes when I would smoke weed. I used to start the show high, but I had to get high right before the show otherwise i'd be tired so i start the show high as i possibly can be and start talking about really creative nutcase stuff and, and i'm like i can't you can't beat this i'm very creative but then it shuts off because i'm squirting all the creative ju juices out and now right. i'm empty so the only solution is to keep getting high and this is this is much different than i expected from you because again i'm hearing a lot about the sort of the non downsides of weed and to hear somebody who basically says it's a gateway drug which they keep saying it's not well see i don't i wouldn't see that that's the thing that when you when you get an argument where it's a gateway drug well then now i'm back on marijuana's side cuz right. it's not a gateway drug it doesn't it doesn't lead to other drugs no. other things it just leads to more marijuana no i mean if you want to talk about a gateway drug alcohol right cuz when i'm drunk i'll do anything <laughs> when i'm high I'm less susceptible to, to you persuading me to do anything except eat pizza. Right. You're not going to get me to do heroin. Like, I'm already pretty comfortable, quite frankly. You know, I'm not going to – I can't drink that much. I'm so high, it just makes me sick. But I guess what you're saying is is that once you start on the recreational side of marijuana, <laughs> and if you like it and if it works for you, then you just continue with it. And it look, sort of takes over things. Recreational is how. Look, they're all poisons. They're all. They all. They're all not good for you. I, I mean, maybe hemp pants are great, but they're not good for you. Right. And that's that's the reality of all of it. If you've got cancer and it helps you eat, well, then yes, it's good for you. Right. But then there's the other side of what marijuana is doing. But yet, take the good and the bad. It's helping you eat when you've got cancer. So okay. I feel drowsy in the morning versus I'm I can eat with cancer or leukemia or whatever it is. So there's an upside there. But right. if it's just I'm getting high because I want to get high, you're running, man. That's that's me. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you're running and I feel like most of the people I know that do get high all the time, all my porn star friends, they get high all the time. You know why? My buddy out there who uh he cre he cremates people for a living, he gets high all the time. And I don't blame him. Right. That makes a little sense. Now, you got kids now. Mm -hmm. I have kids, 16 years old, my oldest, and I'm starting to face the reality of weed is coming for him like yep. an unstoppable train. Yep. What do you suggest as a parent? What's well, the stance I should be taking? There's another, I'm glad you asked because there's another reason why you don't smoke, I don't smoke weed anymore is because well, you, he or she, because I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, yeah. but you smoke it, Daddy. No, I don't. Right. So there's that one out the window. You can't put that on me. 
and they could use that against me. What's my argument when they say you smoke it? There is no argument. Oh, right. well, I have a job. No, it doesn't. That, that's not rationalizing it. Right. So I don't do it for. That's another reason besides the other million reasons that I don't do it. But if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. You're not going to be able to stop them. Right. The only thing is, you know, I would explain the facts and the studies that show you what marijuana does for you in your life. And what do you want out of your life? You know, like, uh, do you want daddy to pay for you for the rest of his life? And do you want to get like bed sores because you're playing video games on a couch for the rest of your life? Are you happy to look in the mirror at that? Because if that's what you want, then you go ahead and you keep smoking that weed. And in, in theory, your world and your experiences tell you that that's kind of what weed leads you to. Yeah, I mean, I'm a really driven person. That's right. the thing that this, this is the thing that contradicts everything. Oh yeah, well, what about Joe Rogan? He does this and he does that. Joe Rogan, imagine what Joe Rogan did if he would do if he wasn't high all the time. That's my argument to everybody. I think that there's a better when you see people that are high that have accomplished a lot. I say, what would they have done if they weren't high? And you think much better in general, in every way. Man, I've been sober for just over nine months. And I'm about to have a pro MMA, an MMA fight at 45. Because you're better now. Because I'm better than I have been in, in eight years. And now you don't do no no drinking, no other nothing. I do coffee. Right. Which is not that bad. I no, guess. I no. do coffee. That's, That's it. Fine. No smoking. No. No. And no. will you ever go back? No. I mean, I wouldn't say that because that's not a good way to play the game. <laughs> right. But I have no intentions of it. Right. Because yeah. you like this Jason Ellis better. I really do. You know, there's there's uh, ups and downs to it, you know, and, and the more, uh, you know, this therapy, there's a lot of, that goes into this. Not just like, oh, yeah, watch me not do anything anymore. I have to put a lot of work into myself. I got a lot more issues than the average bear, so I have to do a lot more uh, looking inside. But, you know, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes, and, and uh, some can be blamed on others, and some is just straight up my fault. And I have to accept that. And I can't accept that if I'm high right. because I just keep move. I just keep brushing it off and they keep stacking and I keep wondering why it hurts so much to just be sober and stand here, but doesn't anymore because I address it. Why are you a prick, Jason? Analyze that. Why is that person angry at you? Why are you angry at that person? Figure it out, get to the bottom of it and then move on because when you're high, I just every now and then I'll just be in the shower and I'll be like, man, that guy's a fuck. Like, I hate that guy. What and, and I'll and I'll be like and then I'll be like, whoa! You just spent five minutes getting really pissed off about some scenario that happened two years ago, because I never addressed it. Because those right. things are just subconsciously in there, and they're just going to keep popping up and disappearing depending on how high you are. Well, that gives me a lot to think of. Now, listen, I like the old Jason Ellis. I like the new Jason Ellis. So um, it doesn't erase who you. It's no. not like. You know, let's see, it's not like, oh, I've smoked marijuana and now I'm some deadly sinner or something. No, like it's, I get it. it. It's just, it's like the older I get, the more I can tell if I eat a certain kind of way, what I can get out of my body versus if I eat another way. If I drink a lot of water, if I get a lot of sleep, if I eat the right food versus I don't sleep that much, I go out, I'm hungover, I eat a bunch of cheeseburgers. Right. Which guy wins? It's that when I when I when you're older, it's easy to put that because I'll put them two next to each other, 
And yeah. and then in this game in LA, where I want to be the number one guy in radio, I want to be, I want to race cars, I want to win fights at forty five years of age, I want to get back into skateboarding and do some stuff that I've never done before. I want to ride my dirt bike. I want to be able to teach my kids, inspire my kids, not be tired, not be grouchy. Though all, all when you put those two guys next to each other. I'm disrespecting the things that I love by being that other guy, mainly uh, my kids. I get it, you know, and it's a good, in, very interesting perspective because that's why I wanted to come sit with you because there's been a lot of hype about it right now being this sort of recreational drug and it's, being safe and everybody's moving towards that. In our entire society is moving towards legalized marijuana in every sense of the word. Well, not and everybody. I just feel like that's the way this society is going. It is going to be state <laughs> after state is going to turn over, which, by the way, you know, you're like me. I don't care what other people do. I'm fine with them doing whatever they want. Look, I'm I just for want it. to cut down to is this really as this sort of the miracle that everybody's talking about and is it really no problem whatsoever and no downside? Man, that's, that's kind of the way it's been talked that's about. Like lately. Goji berries are the miracle. Like right. it's just a stupid berry. Yeah. I mean like it's got H G H in it. Like good for you, dickhead. It doesn't do anything. Like eat a bowl of them and see if you look younger the next day. It doesn't right. work like that. I still say marijuana should be legal. If you're going to do beer commercials and tell Agreed. me oh, my famous football player, the guy I look up to, should say I should have a Bud Light, then you should be allowed to smoke weed whenever you want to. Because if you put alcohol versus marijuana, I'd rather smoke marijuana. Right. Like, what is better for me? What do I? What is more harmful? Alcohol is the worst. So if you can make that legal... Then you got to make marijuana legal. You can justify so, that. Too. Yeah, I'm for I'm for marijuana being legal. I feel yeah. like if you're going to be born on this, I hate that somebody tried to stop me from doing it. I hate that I had to feel like a criminal when I was doing it. Yeah, because all I was doing was just trying to smoke a joint with my friends. You're going to make me feel like I'm a big bad guy and I should go to jail because I've got weed in my pocket. But you can share beers around with everybody right. all day, every day. And you go yeah. to a bar and it's just like every color and every brand you could ever imagine and I'm a criminal because I'm bi and i got to buy weed off some scumbag because it's illegal. It's not right. Mm. But uh, for me, n none of them are right. Uh, you know what? Make a lot of sense. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me in there. This has been really sort of enlightening. You're welcome. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right, everybody. All right, thanks, man. I mean, how cool is Jason Ellis? The best. I mean, he's so kooky and crazy and weird and fun and the accent. I just, I cannot get enough of that guy. I am so jealous I wasn't I with you. I know. I mean, it's funny because I say we're like twins, but in the total, complete opposite way. Like, in, in every other way, but sort of appearance and action and everything. I feel like we're one soul. But it was really interesting how he sort of equated the addictive personality with weed and lumped it all together. See, I know that's not your vibe. But he views it all the same thing. To each their own. And it's not my place to look at somebody's addiction and say, hey, that's not a problem for you. You should keep using. I would never do that. But I think that the majority of people are not going to end up like that. Not everybody has an addictive personality. And not right. everybody who tries pot for the first time is going to end up not being able to quit if they wanted to. Of course. But I do feel like like he had said, you know, he, he clearly considered that drug on the same level as alcohol, on the same level of all the drugs he's been doing, because at the end of the day, it takes over his life, and it becomes all he's about. Even though he's having the greatest time of his life, he can't control that. And I think that there's been such a push that weed is so sort of safe and different different and, and separate that people lose sight of the fact that, hey, you know what, it's still a drug, and so is alcohol. It's all just sort of like, it's a little, all a little bit of a mess. I don't think anybody's ever tried to say that weed isn't a drug, 
But I think that when you're talking about addictive properties, it's not something that you withdraw from. So it's, it's less dangerous in that sense. All right, so I set out on this podcast to discover two things. One is I really wanted to get an idea of what the actual laws were with all of the different states voting different things in and the federal government um, going through all of their sort of permutations of what weed is to them and still super illegal. That was a really big point for me to figure out how this is going to work now that it's legal. And two, to decide how am I going to deal with my 16-year-old son as he is going to be coming on a collision course, if he hasn't already, for weed and sort of the opportunities. And so now let's play a little bit of why I'm not and what did I learn. So, yeah. Roxy, what did you learn today? I still feel as if I don't understand what the laws are. I don't know what I can or cannot get in trouble for. And I don't think anybody really knows when our federal government and our states are telling us two different things. How am I supposed to feel comfortable using? How am I supposed to? So I don't know there. Uh, but when it comes to whether or not your child should or you should allow him to smoke, that's totally up to you, Brant. How are you well, feeling? Thank you. I appreciate that. Christian, what did you what did you learn about this today? What I learned is, just like Roxy, you know, the laws are all pretty confusing. I feel like here in California we'll be all right. But uh, if I'm in another state, I don't know if I would want to take a chance on having anything on my person. I don't really smoke that much. It's been a long time. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's good to know that it's a, it's an option. It's available. That, that uh, you know, it seems like, at least here in the state, the law's on my side. Obviously, the feds could kick in the door any day now. That could change everything. But I feel okay about that. And, you know, like I said earlier, I have a long time before I have to decide whether or not my son's going to be able to get high. And I feel as though I'm inclined to, you know, try to steer him away from it. But at the end of the day, and you'll have to ask yourself this, what can you do if they're determined to do it? You know? I agree. So here's why I'm not high. As I looked at it all, here's the way I sort of come out with this. At the end of the day, cultural acceptance is something that we as a society have decided sets the tone of what's good, what's bad, what's okay. And you can't argue the fact that alcohol is so wildly accepted, nobody considers it sort of dangerous or bad in a real sense. Yes, as a consequence to something, you look back and be like, oh, there was a car crash, they were drunk, drunk driving is bad. But nobody gets upset at somebody at a, at a barbecue having a few beers. It's just culturally accepted. And so effectively is smoking. It's gross and all that kind of, kind of stuff. But you can buy cigarettes. They're legal to sell. And they literally kill you. So I find that cultural acceptance doesn't sort of give a pass for everything in, in a literal sense. But it does figuratively. And... As we look at the laws of marijuana, that ship has sailed. Marijuana will end up being legal and controlled and regulated across the board in the next decade. That's going to happen. But for me, I still look at it as a drug, as a way that sort of alters your brain like, like alcohol does, uh, like any sort of drug you take. And for me personally, I'm okay with that. And I like people that do whatever the hell they want whenever they want. But when it comes to my son, I've gone with this... Dad doesn't do any of this. It's all bad, you know, smoking and stuff. Like, smoking is so bad, and, and I think that that's transferred to him. And at this point, I like him to believe that marijuana is a serious drug, and it's not something that you do unless you're one of those people. And maybe I can't maintain that forever. Those people. Listen, 
I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the hypocrisy of that when it comes to raising my kid. And I've only got a couple of years left. I got two years till he's in college. And then you know what? I've done everything I can I'm, and out he goes. Joke's on you, you have a daughter. I know, but I gotta start the whole system again then. But okay. for him, <laughs> I'm pushing him, I got two years, and right now, marijuana is for those people. And I think that's working for me. He seems pretty happy, and I like the idea of that, because at the end of the day, it's still a drug, you still take it to get high. And so if you're okay with that, that's cool. And if you're not okay with that, that's cool, and I'm hoping I can make him not okay with that. Maybe you should show her him uh, Reefer Madness. Yes. yes and that should, will definitely help. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to revoice Reefer Madness oh. in my own voice so it comes from his dad. <laughs> uh, thanks, Roxy, for being here today. Thanks where can, they, where can the people find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Yeah. How about you, Christian? You got stuff. Uh, I'm everywhere at Christian DMZ. All right. And I'm everywhere at Brant Pinvidic. And this has been Why I'm Not High and the Why I'm Not Podcast. You've been listening to the Why I'm Not podcast with your host, Brant Pinvidic. For more on this episode, upcoming episodes, or more from our podcast guests, visit whyimnot.com and subscribe for exclusive content, giveaways, and all the latest happenings. And for even more content, visit afterbuzztv.com. I shut them down, shut them down, shut them down.